Welcome to the Renegade Yogi podcast experience. Join myself, Zorananda, and this episode's guest as we explore yoga in the modern world. Prepare yourself as we will experience yoga like never before. to the Renegade Yogi podcast experience. My name is Zorananda. I am solo today because we are exploring the chakras and specifically the third chakra, Manipura. So Manipura simply translates to the city of gems and it is located right at the navel um, its element is fire and typically it'd be associated with the color yellow however that as what i have explained in the past in the first episode of the chakra series that that is actually a misconception it was adopted into the system not originating from the system originating from the tantric yoga system is what you see on the screen here. If you're just listening, what you can do is go to Google, look up Manipura Chakra. And what you're looking for is a yantra that has blue flower petals. So there's 10 blue uh, flower petals. They're a dark kind of blue or navy blue. In the middle is a large red triangle. In the image that I have, there's two deities in the middle and at the bottom of the triangle there's a an animal the ram i'm not going to go too much into the deities of the animal i just really want to focus on the red triangle and the bija associated with it so the red triangle the reason why it's red and not yellow because it's more associated with fire and I know you know that's up to scrutiny because you know flames are orange yellow white red so have you the thing that I want to move away from is this whole representation of the color yellow because that was not only implemented by a person that's not even a yogi it was implemented by a French scientist and theosopher that um, then was kind of hijacked by the new age community to implement guided meditations in a particular way right so imagine that you know you close your eyes and you're looking down at your navel chakra um, which i think that word navel chakra is also a misrepresentation but so you're looking down at your navel chakra, you're seeing this color yellow, and so on and so forth, right? The reason why I stick with the Tantra one is because I, I feel and I think that it's much more accurate than 
the misrepresentations because I think that gives way more to fantasy than it does to what the original yantra can actually do to your psychology and that actually takes a deeper dive into it personally right and you also have to think that the rainbow color spectrum and scheme that's superimposed on chakras is actually new it's really something that came about from the 1900s but the color screen from the tantra side is much older you know i i'm just gonna have to put a guess that it's at least hundreds of years old if not older right so and the difference is is that with the original color schemes you have actual legit yogis who have dedicated their life to the practice focusing in on these colors and these yantras and the bija and um the shape and the deities and they're doing that daily right they're doing these meditations and they're doing this work as opposed to a french scientist who's not doing any of that work only makes the interpretation from what he's observing by looking at the rainbow by looking at the chakras the fact that there's seven and just putting them together there's not so much of a relationship that's built with it so if there's anything that i'm going to trust in the system it's going to be more on the side of the tradition and the originators because of the work that they've put into actually formulating it so let's go into Manipura directly. So City of Gems, the shape is a 10-petaled lotus with a red triangle in the middle. The triangle's pointing down, and the element is fire. And the psychological and behavioral components of it has to do with your individual drive, of desire, your individual dedication and devotion. There's also um, jealousy within this. So, I, I, and I don't think I went into these, um, the kind of negative aspects in the other two, but I want to bring this up here that in the first three chakras, there is a balance of, of polarity, right? So there are going to be, um, negative kind of traits or impurities or imbalances right i don't really like saying those words i just like notifying what the actual traits are and to just deal with them rather than just blanketing the whole thing like oh your manipura chakra is out of alignment or you're, you're imbalanced or it's impure that to me is a cop-out rather than saying okay in manipura there's the opportunity to experience an imbalance possibly or to experience negative traits of of a personality like um like jealousy or envy or um anger and frustration and and things like that but the thing is is that it's it's seemingly so subjective because when you think of anger and frustration, we know what part of the brain it's coming from, right? So to say that this like anger, frustration is coming from Manipura is also um, misinformation to a certain degree, right? Because 
there's no actual evidence that there's this wheel of energy here that's portraying these qualities. However, what's helpful psychologically is that when we look at these centers and we see that there's an association of a part of ourselves in it, it allows us to assess these parts of ourselves when they're categorized like that, rather than just being a one big mess of emotions and thoughts and, and everything, right? So when we have a center that we can really um, dedicate these ideas to, it's almost like a file folder where we open up the Manipuro file folder and we go, okay, in here are my individual drives of what I'm doing in my life, the fire that I have behind what I'm doing, and what can happen is that that fire can either be used to burn people uncontrollably like a like a wildfire or forest fire, something that gets sparked by lightning and just takes off uncontrollably. Or it's a brilliant white flame that's contained and it's not a big fire, but the embers are really hot and it's more radiant than it is wild and uncontrollable and then I can give off that energy more controllably right so that that can be the appropriate times to act on your anger and your frustration right so that's not to deny them that's not to say that you should never be angry or frustrated about anything it's that that inner city of gems can unveil how to actually utilize them by shedding light on the situation, right? And I think this is really important in the world of yoga because it really plays into self-control and how to not be triggered by the outside world, not to be put in a situation where your reaction is totally unhinged, right? And as we know in social media, it's really easy to read upon a post or a comment or something and just immediately go into reactionary, right? So what Manipura can actually teach in this situation is by harnessing that energy in. So instead of immediately letting it come out and immediately letting it lash out towards other people, is that it's harnessed in and it's purposely utilized in a way that is going to be helpful and educational and also on the side of truth, right? And that doesn't mean that you're not allowed to get angry. Like I said earlier, you're m more than welcome to get angry. The thing is, is how are you using that anger, right? Because um, in that anger can be actually an opportunity for education. The Manipura Chakra is really the toughest to deal with when you're looking at the actually moving up, right? Because if you were to <clears throat> look at the positioning of the chakra, 
between Manipura and the heart, there's a there's a pretty big gap. So if you're to look at where your navel is, your belly button, and to look at where your heart is, there's at least you know six inches or more between the two. Where if you look at the spaces between Muladhara, Svadhisthana, and Manipura, they're all pretty squished together, right? And so there's an intimate relationship between the three, where there's an interlinking between the personalities and between the psychological components of each one. But then there's this huge gap between Manipura and the heart. And so the metaphor that really helps understand what Manipura is for is that you build the fire within. You build the fire to then reach the heart but you got to think of when you're building a fire because if there if if the wood is too damp obviously it's not going to light right so if if your manipur is too close to your svadhisthana if if you don't allow that watery nature to be influenced by the fire that watery nature is just gonna totally make everything super damp and right and you you won't have any fuel for the manipura so then you have to think of what quality of fire are you making what fuel are you using right if you're using fuel that's just creating black smoke think about it right you have this black smoke that's rising up into your heart right so that's just going to cloud your heart and it's and it's not going to Ha there's not going to be a clear path into your heart from Manipura. And so you really have to tend to your fire in a way where what's released upward is energy, right? So it's, it's heat from the fire that's going up. It's minimal smoke. It's just water vapor. And so that, that path from Manipura up into your heart is cleared away and then there's a guiding light that leads up into your heart and how we can see the behavioral and psychological parts of it is what clears the way into your heart is actually learning the lessons of including compassion and empathy into your individual drive and fire right so then the people around you that um, are a part of the support system of your life so part of the muladhara right the support of your family and friends and then svadhisthana the support of society and and the institutions and then into Manipura, the support of yourself and your individual drive. And so that the network between the three are then all integrated by your own fire, right? So it, if you were to think of what's lacking in, in Muladhara and in Svadhisthana, it's that element of fire, right? So if you were to look up the the kind of the chain of command, right? So you have earth, then you have water, and then water can influence earth, right? Because then you can mix earth into water and and make other, you know, make other substances. Then you have Manipura, which can then influence 
water and earth, right? So with the fire, you can use the earth as fuel or to burn away what the earth is, right? So like a huge forest fire or something. And then with Svadhisthana and water, you can <clears throat> use that water to, or use the fire to heat up the water to be used for like cooking. And, and these are just obviously kind of crude examples. They're maybe a little abstract, but what I'm getting at here is that as you rise up the chakras, the above chakra has an advantage over the lower one. And so now when we're at the at Manipura, we're at a kind of split decision here on what kind of influence we want to have on the lower two chakras. Do we want to use our fire in a way that's selfish and it's only to be used for um, harming others and getting what we want? Or do we use our fire to pave the way into our heart to open up the that bridge, that large gap between the navel and the heart so that we can include others on that path into our heart. We can include um, our family, our friends and society by creating an inner fire that's warm and that's bright. And it's a beacon for what we want to do. So now the, the Bija mantra is Ram, so R-A-M. So just like the animal in the picture, if, um, if you're watching this video or if you're listening to audio, if you, um, I'll, have, I'll have a link um, to an example of, of an image too. So if you didn't search for it, you're at this part, click on the link, it'll, it'll bring up what image I'm using or one that's possibly close to it. So now, Ram is a very powerful way to really increase intensity into Manipura, right? So when I hear the words balancing and aligning, I think of the Bija mantra really facilitating this, but not in a way where um, it's, it's almost logical, right? Because that's what I think of when I hear those things. Oh, I'm here. Oh, I'm a, you know, chakra meditation facilitator and I'm here to align your chakras. Well, the, the truth of the matter is that really no one outside of you can do that for you. They can help facilitate creating a space where you yourself can do the work with their help and guidance in perpetuating a space that's conducive to it. But what allows you to really amplify awareness, and I, and I like that so much more than to cleanse or purify or align, to amplify awareness is the combination of Focusing on the center where it is physically in the body, visualizing the image. So the 10 petaled lotus with this triangle in the middle. 
and then chanting the bija mantra so ram right and and repetitively like ram 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 and there's something about the word that just invites intensity and it invites power and you can think of it as if you're knocking on the chakra and because it's literally a sound vibration right and you're saying it internally so the three together are what help facilitate the the um the that awareness right the application and the uh amplification of the awareness because what's being amplified is the lucidity and the um kind of vivid nature of your mind right so the more and more you chant Ram internally, the more and more you visualize your chanting going into the yantra or into the symbol, the more you're feeling it and you're focusing down on that level, that then you will become aware of the potency of it within you. And, and that's the key thing and how all of this works is that if you're only going to be doing it in your mind and imagining it and leaving it at that is just an image, it's going to remain an abstract thing. It's only going to, or even just a metaphorical thing. But the power of the system is that you as consciousness are the one that's putting the energy into it actually working and it needs the whole package, right? So not only are you chanting the Bija mantra, visualizing the yantra focusing on the location you're also bringing up the qualities of it so you're bringing up okay this center is about focused will focused intent my individual drive and purpose my dedication to that drive and purpose and then whatever that intention is, so whatever it is that you're doing in your life that requires that kind of energy, right? If it's making a podcast like this, or if it's your work, if it's your career, if it's um, sports, if it's a hobby, you name it, right? That you're funneling your awareness into the center that deals with all of that. So can you see now how these chakras can work in streamlining particular energies into it. So say if we looked at Svadhisthana, how now it's a whole different world than Manipura, right? So when you think of Svadhisthana, you think of, oh, fluidity, water, sexual energy, um, creativity and passion and sensitivity. And then when you get into Muladhara, you think of groundedness and earth and stability and security and family. And then now coming back up to Manipura, it's fire, it's drive, it's determination, it's your individual will and power within all of that now. Because the fire is now boiling the water, right? It's creating chemical reaction, right? It's then um, heating the elements of the earth, right? So it's heating the earth. If you were to think of this as kind of like a science experiment or, um, you know, in a lab in, uh, in high school or university or something where you have Bunsen burners and you have all these beakers and stuff and you have all this system set up where then 
you know, you have one beaker with herbs and things from the earth that is within water and you have this fire that's boiling it away and it's capturing the steam and it's, and it's, um, distilling in another beaker or something that it all works together like that, that there's this concoction and, um, this chemical reaction taking place. And of course, these are euphemisms as well. What's actually happening in the body is something similar, but it's, it's so much more down to earth, right? Obviously we know that, um, how our digestive system works is very particular. There's not actually a fire in there. It's actually all done through acids and um, chemical reactions like that. But there's an overlap between the two of them, right? And so you got to think that these chakras being within the um, digestive system you also feed the chakras with the foods that we eat and with the emotions and the thoughts that we have. My teacher would say often that you not only digest food, you digest emotions. And so you can think of Manipura as the place where everything gets digested, right? So not only physically in the stomach and the digestive system in um, processing foods, but also then processing thoughts and emotions. So say if we were to, for those of you look, uh, listening, if you're looking at the yantra that's up on the screen, that the deities in the middle, and, and I'm only going to go into this a little bit because I don't know too much about this. This is just what's coming up for me is that the deities in, in the middle represent the transform transformative nature of the, the chakra itself. And so when anything goes into your system, if it's information, if it's food, they are the ones that are representing the way that they are going to transform this information into a brighter light. But the thing is, they will abide to the system of digesting what is more pure. So pure in the sense that unadulterated, right? So if you think of food, What's more adulterated fast food from McDonald's and Burger King and Wendy's and KFC or a homemade meal with fresh ingredients, right? So be it if it's still meat, regardless, right? Where you have an unadulterated to an extent meal where the ingredients are very simple fruits and vegetables and, you know, some kind of protein and you were the one that made it, right? There weren't any other processes involved in getting the burger patty to be a certain way, the French fries to be a certain way, um, the buns to be in a certain way, so have it, right? That then this relationship between how the Manipura is actually going to process what's being put in and shine out 
and reflect the purity that's coming in, right? So if you're putting in a lot of adulterated foods, a lot of adulterated ideas and thoughts and actions that then to a degree, you can say that that is what's going to then present a fire that's just full of smoke, right? It's just choking it out where then the foods and the ideas and the emotions that are coming in and being processed when they have that element of purity, then it's a cleaner fuel for the fire. And, and that's not to say we have to be perfect, right? We live in a Western society where we have access to things that we've never had access to ever in our lives before. So this is where the balance between the three chakras come into play. Because if we were to be so rigid with how we're going to live our lives, that in and of itself can actually lead to complications, right? Because it's just like this whole idea with eating greens where we think that overeating kale and Swiss chard and, and spinach and all these things is really great for you. But then you find out that they purposely and naturally have these kind of toxins in them that actually prevent animals from overeating them. So because we don't have that sensitivity and we don't, really understand how these things work that we may think that eating a vegetarian diet that's high in these leafy greens that only a benefit can come out of it and that's just not true right so we can go to the very opposite extreme where someone that has no awareness of this they're only eating fast food to them it's delicious it's cheap it's quick, it's easy. So all of that is good. And that makes sense, right? If you're super busy and you don't have time in the evening, say if you get home from work at 7.30, 8 o'clock every day, you don't have time to cook a, a one hour, one and a half hour meal because then you're just, it's already time for bed. So to you, you say, you know, I'm going to go to Taco Bell and get some, and get some tacos and it's only going to take me, you know, 10, 15 minutes because I can do it on my way from work and then I already have my meal. There we go. And I like it. It's great, right? But even on that end, if we're eating that too much, right, there's just stuff in there that over an abundant period of time, suddenly it starts to bog down these centers, right? And that's, so you can see it's going to happen on both ends. So we need a middle ground where we are taking care of ourselves enjoying the pleasures here and there so say if it if it's a glass of wine if it's a beer if it's um, a burger from a place here and there but on your daily routine you're pretty on it to being like i'm gonna take my vitamins i'm gonna have a good breakfast i'm gonna drink lots of water i'm gonna have um, a healthy balanced lunch and then when dinner comes you know i'm gonna loosen things up because then say if we go out with friends so on and so forth right and so how many pura fits in that decision making is that it has a lot to do with confidence and 
when you are operating at a high powered confidence within yourself, that is going to have an effect on your nervous system. That's going to have effect on your endocrine system and your digestion as well, because that confidence and that exertion is so deeply tied to your whole physiology. It's not just a mental thing. It's not just a psychological thing that confidence is also going to aid in how well you digest things, how well, um, you're able to process what you're putting into your body. And so I, I like to think of my dad in this, um, as an example in this situation, cause he's like an anomaly. He's 71 years old. Looks like he's 40 eats pretty much anything. And he confidently goes through all that fully enjoying everything that he does. And so that enjoyment and that confidence are paired together where he doesn't ever spend any time thinking, oh, this, this food is going to make me fat. This food is making me sick. This food isn't any good. There's fluoride in the water. There's this, there's that. There's all these chemicals. There's pesticides. There's herbicides. We can't, even when it's organic, we can't get around it. Like it's all of that is taken away. You have your meal that you've made and you confidently eat it knowing that you made it with love and you're excited to fill yourself with how delicious this food is. And the confidence within that is going to actually help drive allowing the body to process it and digest it so much easier than if you're always looking at your food in a way where you're judging it and you're not confident and you're insecure. So I hope you can kind of see where I'm getting at here is that these ideas and these, and these behavioral and psychological traits within the chakras are directly tied to the state of your digestive system. And so if you were to look at the first three chakras leading up to Manipura and you were to assess, okay, am I connected to my ancestors? Am I connected to my security and safety? Yes. Svadhisthana, am I connected to my sensuality, my sexuality? Am I connected to um, my creativity and passion and fluidity? Yes. Manipura, am I connected to my confidence and drive and willpower? Yes. Those, just that assessment and that honest, yes, I, I've got these, right? Then how that part of your body works and operates is going to be so much more smooth because you're so confident that they are working with each other. But as soon as you go into them and you're like, oh, I don't know, I'm like, I don't, I don't know my family. Like I, I barely know my parents and my siblings, you know, like we're all just so disconnected. So no, um, you know, I'm, I'm insecure about my body. I don't like how I look. I don't like how I am. I'm either too skinny or I'm overweight or I'm ugly or whatever. Right. And then Manipura, it's like, 
uh, no, I don't, I don't know what I'm even doing in my life. I don't know who I am. I have no confidence and I'm always angry at people. So then when you look at that, the ability to digest things is going to be hindered, right? And there's going to be complications within, within the system. And that's really just because of how integrated our nervous system is with our digestion. And then the endocrine system, the serotonin, the dopamine, um, you name it, right? All of the hormones that go into the way that we feel. And so then if you're looking at these three chakras and you're looking at Manipura and you're looking at how you are and how you feel about these qualities of yourself, it's going to, you know, I'm going to say this boldly because obviously um, you need to do so many studies with so many people to really point this out, but you can see a correlation between that those psychological states and those behavioral patterns and the way that the digestive system works right and and so this is all leading up to the heart it's all leading up to anahata chakra right because really in order to have access into our our heart initially we want to get um, our lower three chakras under control to an extent. Um, and then there's, and we'll talk about this in, in the next video when we get to Anahata, that there is a paradox, right? You do want to work on the lower chakras and, excuse me, you can also go into your heart directly and influence the lower three chakras from there um that is a whole other realm which we're going to go into um but to sort of finalize this piece about manipura is that this is all subjective right when i look at the last 12 years of my yoga practice and everything that I've gone into and understanding the chakras, what I know about them is mainly what I've personally investigated on my own within my own mind, right? Because there's really not that much information on it. It's, it's pretty standard that um, you go to any yoga school and they're gonna show you the picture that I'm showing here. They're gonna tell you how many petals of the lotus, they're gonna tell you the shape, they're gonna tell you the element, the bija, um, the organ that it's, or the part of the body that's associated with. In this case, Manipura is directly connected to the eyes. And um, that is important because one thing that you can do if you find that you're a nervous person or you're insecure, eye gazing is really helpful and not in a way where it's super tantric and you're sitting across from someone and you're, you're gazing, you're doing this weird spiritual thing. I just mean, look at yourself in the mirror 
and stare into your eyes and watch what happens. Because from my own experience of doing this, you know, for many years, I had a, a lot of trouble looking at myself in the mirror. There was a lot of times when I was younger and I was too skinny. I had a lot of acne and I just didn't like myself at all. And so when I looked at myself in the mirror, I really couldn't look at myself for more than like a second, you know, and, and I would do this weird thing where if I looked at myself, I, w I would look away. I would even like look away from myself. And when I started to learn about the chakras, and I started to learn about how Manipur is connected to the eyes. I would just start to really focus in on myself and really look at myself, look at everything about me, look at the shape of my face, look at the shape of my body and really scan why there's these insecurities and why that there are these judgments that I'm passing on myself. And what I discovered for myself is that it's coming from a stagnant Svadhisthana, a stagnant fluidity within me, a stagnant um, expression of myself and where <clears throat> once I started to bring in healing into uh, these parts of myself, then that intensity that I have within myself started to really come out and really show and it can really come out through the eyes and how you allow yourself to gaze with people and you allow yourself to look at people and you can you can hold your gaze and you're not perturbed by anyone's reaction anymore just like how i was perturbed by myself and and the action of gazing into who i am right So we'll do a little exercise here. So wherever you are, if, um, if you'd like to participate, you can go along with it or you can just listen in and continue doing your thing. So if you can find a seat somewhere where you can close your eyes, placing your hands just folded in your lap or on your knees. I'd like you to bring your gaze down to the level of your navel, just above your belly button. And while you're here, I would like you to visualize a downward facing red triangle. So we don't have to try to visualize the whole thing with the 10 petals that might be a little challenging for you right now. If you can visualize the whole yantra with the 10 petals and the red triangle in the middle, great. Otherwise, we're really focusing on this red triangle. And simply what we're gonna do here is we're gonna chant Ram into the red triangle, into Manipura, the city of gems. And what we're looking for is that red triangle to start to glow. So it might be dim right now. It might be 
a little shadowy, however we want to ignite that fire within. So first take a nice deep breath in, exhale out. Begin to focus on Manipura just above the belly button at the navel and begin internally chanting Ram, R-A-N-M, Ram, 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 Ram. And just continue at that pace on your own internally. Visualizing the red triangle growing brighter with each chant. Allowing the chant internally to grow louder. So it is really filling the interior of your mind as Ram vibrates within, channeled and focused down into Manipura. Rum, 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 rum. Here you can relax the chanting, release the visualization, bring your gaze back up towards your eyes, taking in a nice deep inhale, exhaling sigh. Just know that you have this tool with you now where you can at any time you're feeling, especially if you're feeling like there's a challenge presented to this part of your psychology, um, a challenge to your personal drive and your intuition, or not your intuition, but your, um, your willpower and your um, intelligence as someone who is confident and wanting to amplify comp confidence where then you can close your eyes visualize down at the center and chant ram into it and feel it working with these qualities so you can find me um, not only here on youtube this podcast goes up wherever podcasts are streamed um you can find me on Instagram at yogi.zorananda. Um, you can find the Renegade Yogi podcast on Instagram as well at Renegade Yogi Podcast. So with that, thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. I hope this video is helpful in some way. And you can prepare yourself for the next chakra and the next interview so again thank you have a wonderful rest of your day and enjoy